So I want to ask us a question. I asked us this question last week. And the question was this, are we expecting a result of his truth in our lives? Are we expecting, are we expectant of a result, an outcome of the truth in our lives? Do we carry an, ant- an anticipation that something is going to happen? Do we carry hope? Do we carry an outcome in our mind that we go, I want through my surrender to receive everything that you have for us as a church and us as individuals? And do we even carry that for one another? Because the Bible really says we're called to. We're, we're called to be in each other's lives where love hopes all things for itself and others. It's praying uh, for itself and others. It's not just about you and me. It's about us. And I think it's a question that God's been asking over a number of number of years, but he just wants to keep asking us again, are we expectant of a return? Or does life just continue the same? And it's another day. Anyone seen that movie Groundhog Day? And um, Bill Murray just gets up every day. It's like the, the same day, year or day after day, and it's the same time he wakes up. And life just, just like goes over and over. That's not to be the Christian life. The Christian life is going from strength to strength to strength. The Christian life is transitioning from this old glory to this new glory. Not from glory to glory, going from the glory that was on the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, that when Moses came down the mountain and the glory shone, he had to put something, a veil over his face so the Israelites wouldn't see the glory fading. Okay, that's the old glory. So even though the commandments had life but death on them because they defined our sin, the Bible says that we as followers of Christ that are now living in the new created life have gone from that glory to the new glory, the new glory of Jesus Christ. So that glory is not going from glory to glory, it's glory. So we have to understand the fullness of the glory that we are in. Does that make sense? So we've said it goes from there. No, no, it's from an old to a new. You are no longer old, you're new. New creatures in Christ, yes? So then Jesus Christ says this powerful statement in Matthew 16, 18. I don't know about you, but there's just so many truths that capture me. I I read statements and I'm apprehended by them. And this is one of them. Jesus said this. He said, I will... Build my church. That's a pretty cool statement, isn't it? So he's telling you, I, Jesus Christ, the one that all things have come through, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, God in the fullest measure, 
I will. There's a definite statement, isn't it? I will. Not I won't, I maybe, I possibly, I think about it. I will. So much in two words, yes? So much in five letters. I will what, Greg? I will build. How many people had Lego growing up? It was cheap then. (laughs) Someone making a mint out of plastic. It was so cheap when I grew up, and we had Lego in England, and we built Lego, and it was cool, and you built different things, and trucks, and spaceships, and all these things. And after you had all the pieces, and you put all the pieces together, you were left with a substance. You were left with an end product. You had something that you had built. Yes? You had something tangible in front of you. Well, it's the same, because Jesus said, I will build. He is the master builder. I know nothing about building. I'm not that handy with my hands. Hey, Chris. Chris had to come and fix my guttering that was leaking and take it off and put it back on. Thank you, Chris. The roof doesn't leak. If you need any building work, see Chris Reddington. He's awesome. But Jesus said, I will build. So there's a statement. There's an emphatic statement. He's going to build what? He's the builder of something. Is he still building tables? No, but he did, didn't he? He was a carpenter. See the linkages. So he built tables. He built chairs. He built cabinets. He built things with his hands in the physical And then he transitioned at the age of 30 and said, now I'm going to build something else. I'm going to build people. The ecclesia. I'm not going to build this. I'm not building a house anymore. I'm not building a building where the church comes to be built while they're being built everywhere else. I build my church. Whose church? His church. You are not my church. You're his church. And I'm part of his church with you. And do you know one thing? That you and I cannot build anything of eternal value or substance. I can't even build things in the physical, like fix my guttering. I could build Lego. Did that really well. The new movie was cool. Took the kids to that as well. But Jesus said, I'm transitioning off building tables and chairs and things, and I'm going to start building people. That is an incredible statement. And if it finished there, it would be wonderful just as it is. But it doesn't. It doesn't finish there. He goes on and he gives you a definitive outcome of the type of church he's building. He doesn't leave anything to chance. What he says, he will finish. Why? Because he's good. 
He's incredible, and he has a purpose and a plan for the very thing called the church, which is the ecclesia, which is us, the people of God. So I, Jesus Christ, I guarantee you something. I will build my church, my people. Cracks me up when I hear people like me say, let's go build the church. We can build the kingdom. No. Man cannot build anything of any eternal value. Man surrenders to the building process. And he is built, but he does not build. He surrenders to being built. Then he comes beside another brother and says, let's walk together and support one another's building process. That's in 1 Timothy. So I don't build Jay, and Jay doesn't build me, but the Bible says that we are to be pillars that support the truth, the building work. So I walk with him in discipleship. When he's having a bad day, I have a bad day. When I have a bad day, he's having a bad day. When we're having good days, it's all good. And we walk, thanks, mate. We walk with one another through this thing called life, which is the classroom, and love is the lesson, isn't it? And we get built by the greatest builder on the planet. So Jesus said to you and I, I will build my church. But it doesn't finish there. Then he gives you this definitive, incredible outcome. He says, the church I build, he says, the gates of Hades do not, everyone say do not, overpower it, meaning this church. That makes that statement incredible. Greg, what are the gates of Hades? The world, the flesh, and the enemy. What sits behind those gates is a powerful thing. And if we are passive in our Christianity, they will overcome you, and they will overpower you and I. But Jesus says, I love my church. I died for my church. I rose again. And at that resurrection, the thing called the gospel, where you find the power to overcome, is I'm going to take a people who have died to themselves and have risen through my power, and I'm going to build a church that overcomes the world, that overcomes the flesh, and that overcomes the devil. This is the guarantee in blood that I'm going to stamp upon my church. I'm going to mark you in blood. And I'm going to signal you as a chosen vessel that as you surrender, because you cannot build you, you cannot build anything, Greg, of an eternal substance that has any effect in this earth. You can build empires, you can build the counterfeit, but you cannot build anything of any eternal value. You are completely and utterly helpless. Good news. (laughs) For some, 
and an aroma of death to others that still think they have some sort of value in building work because I've been given these hands and a gifting, and yes, so have I, but unless those hands and those gifting are surrendered to the King of Kings and the greatest builder on the planet, I will define the building work and I will build something, but it will have no life. So my father, my Lord, my Savior, my groom says, Greg, I build the church. You go take a seat over there, put your feet up for a minute, let me go to work on you, let me work and build you, then I'm going to use you to be a voice for this message. And I'm going to use voices that will bring this very message. And then as you surrender, then you actually will find this lane to run in. See, the Bible says in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they build in vain. Do you know what the word vain means? It means a false imagination. You worship me in false imagination, which means you can think you're in something, but it's false imagination. You're convinced and convicted that you are being built or you are worshiping. He's going, you worship in vain. You don't know it though. He says, your heart is so far from me that you actually have deceived yourself. And we can think we're actually being built and not be because there's evidence to the building work. And God even tells us what that evidence is so we know that we are being built. Isn't he good? So he doesn't leave mystery. He actually says, I build you, and if I build you, here's the outcome of my building. So you can track whether you're in alignment to the true building process. Why? Because he wants us to experience the life of being built. It's all a win, and there's no loss. Thanks. <laughs> See, when he died and he rose again, he didn't just die for our sin, he died for the power of sin to be broken off us. And so often we just think, oh, he died for my sin. No, he died for that and the power of it, the hold that it has on us. He died and broke that too. Why? So you and I, as we surrender to being built, can overcome the gates of Hades. It's the power of sin that holds us in us, isn't it? It's the power of sin that the world binds you up in because you're like, oh, that looks good, that looks good, that looks good. And all of a sudden, that desire has become something. And it's become a lust, and that's where sin gives birth to death. So now you've just died spiritually. Why? Because the power of that thing that was attractive has drawn you in. Well, Jesus died and rose again, and he broke that power. And if we are being built, that will be broken off us. Because the building work builds a church that overcomes. It doesn't, it's not overpowered by the gates of Hades. It overcomes those things. Come with me to 1 John 5. 1 John 5 verses 4. It's 
It's right at the back, just before Revelation. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. These are powerful passages. It says, overcoming the world. It says here, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are we born of God? So if we're born of God, then once again, he's giving us this emphatic statement. If we are born of God, here is the, here's a goal. Here's a, here's a vision to get hold of. Here's a vision to see spiritually that whoever's born of God overcomes the world. His truth will set you free. His truth is true. It is the truth. So we must come into the truth, yes, to experience the truth that this is saying. Not sit there and argue with that and go, no, that's not true. Why? Because my reality tells me so. No, that defines my reality. I don't. This does. So if he says that whoever's born of God overcomes the world, they do. If they're in the building process, those that are outside the building process, well, then they won't overcome the world. You'll be overcome by the world, but we're being created to overcome the world. That's where the, that's where the war is, isn't it? Okay. So for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our strength. My ability, my ego, my pride, my physical attributes. No, what? Our faith. So the thing that overcomes the world is our faith. Then you need to know what faith is, don't you? Biblical faith. So the thing that overcomes the world is the assurance of what I hope for and the evidence of what I see in the spirit realm. That's the thing that enables me to overcome the world, the flesh, and the enemy. My faith, I'll say it again, my faith is the assurance of what I'm hoping for. I have an assurance of what I'm believing in, and it is the conviction or the evidence of what I've seen. By faith, Noah built an ark. He saw by faith, not by his Ability, not by a sense of accomplishment, not by his sense of want, not by his desire, not by anything of him, but by faith, he built something because he saw it. And then he created this thing called the ark and it saved his household. So by faith, by my ability to see in the spirit, receive in the spirit, know in the spirit through revelation, I'm going to overcome the things of the flesh, the world and the enemy. Why? Because you're living for something far greater than the flesh, the world, and the enemy. Because what you're eating and partaking of just has you focused there, and you just keep walking that way. And even when the voices of here scream, you're going, that's so dead and dormant. Why am I turning back for that? Because I know there's no life in it, because what I'm looking at is life. And this is the church that Jesus is building and has been building forever. He gives you a statement. I will build. He is not a liar, is he? No. 
I will build what, Greg? My ecclesia, my people. We come in messed up, broken, devastated, struggling. Yes. Then we enter into the true building work and he starts to put you back together again in a brand new way because you're surrendering to the true building process, which means now you start coming into victory, not victory that you have done, but you're the victory Christ did at the cross at Calvary. So you receive the victory, what was paid for, the work of the gospel in you, birth life, and all of a sudden you're being built and walking as you're called to walk, flesh, world, Satan, walking on the narrow path, flesh, world, Satan, overcoming trials, tribulations that yes, you will have, but I promise you a peace and a joy and a freedom and a rest and a life, and you will overcome those things if you are in my building process. If you are outside of my building process, there's a good chance those things will come and take you out because what you're putting your faith and your trust in is you. So then he says this in verse 6, sorry, in verse 5, who is the one who overcomes the world But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I was having a conversation yesterday with a good mate of mine. We were talking about belief and faith. And belief and belief. I believe in God, but do I believe God? This is great. You believe in. Satan believes in. Satan sometimes more of a conviction than the church does. Why? Because Satan lives in the spirit, and he sees the spirit realm. This is why the demonic knew who Jesus was when he turned up, and the church didn't, because they live in that spirit realm. They see in the spirit realm. They went, you're the Messiah. What are you doing with business with me? Ah! Bow down. (laughs) See, sight brings humility, doesn't it? Oh my goodness, I'm in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ on my knees. Not, oh yeah, I can hang with him. You got a good deal when you got me. What what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to build, Lord? No, on your face like the demonic was in the presence of the Lord because they knew because they could see. You see, what is belief? Do we have a mental an intellectual understanding of belief, or do I have a living conviction that causes change of behavior? See, to believe is to be fully convinced of what you believe in, and then you live in accordance to that belief. If we're not living in accordance to belief, I would put it before you that you probably don't believe, or you only have an intellectual understanding that, yes, there is a heaven and a hell, but my life doesn't reflect it. Yes, I believe God loves me, but my life doesn't reflect it. Yes, I say I love other people, but my life just doesn't reflect it. 
can I say you've probably got an intellectual understanding of the word, not a living conviction of the word, which is what we need if we want to overcome the world, the flesh, and the enemy. One completely changes you in the way you live, and the other one just fills you with information. And we've talked a lot about this, but how many of us are actually really grasping it and coming into Because he's telling you, the church that I build on the planet earth, overcome. Is not that the inheritance for the church? Revelation 2 and 3. Is not that what it says? To the overcomer, I grant you to sit with me on my throne. Yes? Yes? Revelation 3.21, go read the book. So here's a promise to the overcomer. What am I overcoming? His book tells you. Ultimately, yourself. (laughs) But you can't overcome yourself by yourself because yourself wants to live. I want to live. I don't want to die i got another 40 good years left in me. Don't cut that short. There's so many things that I've got to do. He says, Greg, there's so many things that I want to see accomplished in and through you. Not just now, but for the future. And he says, son, I build my church. And the church that I build, the flesh, the world, and the enemy, they have no hold, no stronghold. Why? Because the church that I build realize I've broken the power of the flesh, the world, and the enemy. They've realized it's futile. They've realized it's dead. They realize there's no life in it, guys. No life in it, guys. No life in it. There's no life in another person. There's no life in any substance. There is no life in anything but the one of life. His name is Jesus Christ. I said to the girls, if we don't know Jesus Christ, life is a waste of time. You're counting down days, marking off dates on the calendar, wasting time. What? To find the life that the church was called to experience, to glorify God, and to be the light of the world for a dark world that desperately needs to know light. Some of the things we go through, God has allowed to build you. And we run from them going, this isn't God. He's going, it is. It is me. I've put you right there to build you. I shared this last Sunday night. My wife has been placed in a new workplace to be built. She thought she was going there initially to bless people. She thought she was going to go there and make a difference, and she is, and she is. But the first place priority was not to bless people, it was to be built. You see, the church really only knows the blessing ministry of God, not the building ministry of God. Does he bless us? Yes, he does. He's incredible. He blesses us even when we're disobedient. He blesses you because he loves you beyond you. And too often we just come wanting to be blessed and God says, I want to build. I didn't say I bless my church. He said, I build it. There's a building work going on. I want to take Lego bits and build my people into a strong church. For when you are weak, then you are strong. 
when you go through the building process of surrender, then you can become strong. But while you resist the building process of surrender and try and stay strong, you are weak. And when the trials and the tribulations come and the enemy comes and he starts speaking in your ear, you will succumb to the voice of the enemy and you will come under that and be overcome. But I did not die for that, my church. I will love you either way, but I loved you to erect you from the earth and to see you sit on top of a hill and be the light of a world. But there is a building process. And yes, I bless my people, but man, I want to build them. He did not give the fivefold gifts to bless. He gave it to build. Ephesians 4, I build through these giftings. I build a spiritual house, he says. So here's the challenge. The blessing works easy. The building work, oh. Prophets come to town. Everybody comes out. All the people come out of the woodwork. Where have you been? Oh, I've been having home church. I've been doing this, doing that. But the prophets in town, it's prophetic time. So man, my antenna went up and I'm coming here to be blessed. And then they go again. You know I'm telling the truth. You may even be one of those people. Don't be one of those people. Be someone that's built. Be part of a community. Invest into a community, a church, and be built. Stop to and fro and stop being a participant. Sorry, an attender. Be a participator. God is building a church. But see, what happens is we come out. Why? Because we want a blessing. We want a blessing. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Is it right? Yes. But motive is massive. God says, I want to bless you, but you know, I want to bring a blessing through a building. I want to bless you through a building you. Because then you've got some substance. It's not just here today, gone tomorrow. You've actually got some substance, what? To overcome the world, the flesh, and the enemy. So you can be healed supernaturally on one day, and the next day fall over yourself. Why? Because there's no building. It's just a blessing. You're still living, maybe for you, you still haven't got the substance of the truth in you that enables you to overcome the trial and the challenge. So when a brother or sister does something here and it offends you, do you overcome that? Does love in you cover the offense or do you come out swinging? Are you knocking heads off? Man, it feels so good to punch in that and, and gossip about that. And did you know that? And let me tell you about that. That's anti-Christ behavior. Christ-like behavior covers that. Even when you done nothing wrong. Christ-like behavior, because Christ-like people are being built, does not revile back when it is reviled upon. It loves back in the hope to maintain oneness. Now that is a process, and one might not be able to do that today, But is that part of the vision that you have for your life? And is that the vision we have for a church? To see a church 
capable of loving like the Messiah because then we know we've kept the commandment. Up until that point, the Bible says you're not keeping the commandment. To not be able to love like God is to not keep the commandment of God because the commandment of God is to love like God loves. You see, it's hard, isn't it? But the truth will set you free. The true process, the true building work brings the true life. The counterfeit building process, the counterfeit truth, truth in your image, won't. And there is a surrendering to the true process. And my Father, my Lord, my Savior, my Groom, He says this, Greg, I build my church. And the church that I am building my way, they overcome. It may take time, because my children didn't learn to ride a bike when they were two. They can ride bikes now. They can do mathematics now. My daughter is wicked on the guitar. She can pick. She ain't got dad's rhythm. (laughs) I still got that on her. It's that black thing in me coming out. You're too white, girl. You, you can pick, but you've got, you got to get the groove on. But she's getting there. But she couldn't pick. Now she plays like this and she sings. Couldn't do that when she was three. Why? Because she's in a process. And it's a right process. So as she's being taught the right way, her behavior, she can play the guitar. So a church that Jesus buildings lives like the church Jesus is building. You see, that's a win-win-win. God is glorified, firstly, isn't he? You and I as the church get to experience this eternal life within us. The life that the Bible speaks about, a love that is not of the planet, a joy that is not of the earth, a peace that goes beyond our understanding. Those are just three So we get to experience that. And then the world gets to see the true church because God in the church is magnified. And out of that church comes God, comes love, comes a joy, comes forgiveness. When we're reviled against, we love and they can't figure it out. No, no, you're supposed to smack me back. No, I'm going to love you. Why? Because I'm being built by the pattern of heaven. I'm being built by the design of God. I'm not outside of it in vain. I shared this last Sunday night. Guys, we know how to do religious ceremony really, really well. Do we know how to be built really, really well? That is our challenge And there are these two ministries called building and blessing. The word build is the word, excuse my pronunciation, it's oikodome, which is a Greek word. It's O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E. O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E. It means to construct something according to a blueprint or a specific design. It means to construct something according to a blueprint or a specific design. Who built the tabernacle? 
Who gave clear instructions on how to build it? God. He said, build according to what? The pattern. The temple. Build according to the pattern. Who is the modern day temple? Do you think he's more concerned about a building and a tent or his people? So do you think that if he's given a pattern and a blueprint for a tent and bricks and mortar, he's going to give a pattern for his people? Yes? No? Don't know? Haven't thought about it. If you haven't, you need to start if you're going to be part of the church that he's building because if you're not part of the building process, you won't be built. And you'll wonder why life is always hard and tough and everything seems against me and I can never get out of me. I can never advance. I see other people. I read about it, but, 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 and then another but, 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 and life is gone. And now they're putting you in a box and you missed it because your butt defined it all. (laughs) It was a nice looking butt, but it just defined it all. And God must be going, oh man. No, I said, guys, I built my church. I gave you a blueprint. I gave you a design. I wrote it in my manual of life for you to see it, to put it into practice. Remember, you don't build it, but you surrender to being built. So you align your life to the building process, and everybody does. And as everybody aligns their life to the building process, You get the outcome of the process. You don't chase the outcome. You enter into the process and the outcome becomes a natural outflow of being in, I build my church. That's why the Bible says to abide in the vine. The branch just has to stay connected Period. It doesn't produce fruit. It doesn't try to produce fruit. It doesn't go to work and try and cultivate. It's stuck to the vine. It says, if you stick to the vine, my fruit will be produced through you, in you, through you, but you don't produce the fruit. And that is tricky to get an understanding of the Spirit when we live in a world that says, that is complete garbage. You want something in this life, you got to go get it. You've got to discipline, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Your life is in control of your hands and your destiny will be determined by what you build. Now there's some truth in that in the kingdom, if you can hear it. Because I'm going to be used by God. I'm going to be, I'm being used right now to be a voice, but I'm not operating out of my strength. And what I'm speaking from doesn't come out of my ability to try and understand. It comes from posturing, sitting, meditating, and active rest, and feeding on Him, and then it just comes out. And so you live from this place of rest because I've ceased from my works. And entered into the Sabbath rest of God. Hebrews 4 verse 10. You enter into the building process which brings the fruit of the building process. So you have a foundation which is Jesus Christ. In substance, not in shadow. 
I don't live in the shadow, I live in the substance. The shadow covers, but I live in the substance. I don't want to be in the shadow, being covered by truth. I want truth in me. And I want to live from truth. Because I'm literally being built from the inside out. Jesus said, you guys, you polish. You're great polishers of the outside. You know how to do it extremely well. The only problem is your inside is full of nothing. And do you know our behavior is reflective by our insides? Your external is just an expression of your internal. And that's why he wants to build. You can be blessed and never be built. But you can be built and receive incredible blessing. But the blessing which is external doesn't derail you. You you, you don't care. It's like, well, whether I have that or that, much or nothing, it doesn't matter. Because I'm blessed. I've got an inside blessed life. It's called the eternal life. But while I just keep polishing and trying to polish and make it look good, even though the Bible says it's decaying, you see, my inner world is supposed to be going from strength to strength, not my outer. Look, I'm not saying don't go to the gym. I'm not saying eat healthy. I'm not saying those things, just so we're clear. Okay? The Bible is very clear. I go to the gym, I eat clean, try to back on that wagon. But I know that my physical body, trust me, in the last two weeks, my back's gone, my knees are going but I know my inner world's going from strength to strength. I know there's an inner wellspring of life that's being built that just gushes out. Why? Because I know I'm in the building process. I can give evidence and testimony to the fruit of being built through surrender. Ooh. I love what Keith Harrison said once at my men's group, and it stuck with me. He said, you will never, ever, Learn to live in this life until you realize how defeated you are. You will never, ever, ever come into the fullness of life until you realize just how defeated you are. And when you're defeated in any war, you have to raise a flag. And the white flag signals surrender. I surrender to the one. And we're to surrender to the one. I'm just going to give you, and I'll finish with this. And I've sort of said it, but I want to read these two verses because they're just so powerful. The first one is in 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verses 4. I love just the little phrases that my Bible gives me. As newborn babies, it says, and then as living stones. So we'll pick it up there in 4, as living stones. And coming to Him... There's a key right there. Come to me and I'll give you what? For your, what's your soul? Mind, will, and emotion. Where do you think the battle lies? Your mind, your will, and your emotion. So the flesh, the world, and the enemy play on your soul. That's where the battle is won or lost because you, you're saved. If you're in Christ, your spirit is saved, Yes? But you know you have a soul. 
And your soul needs to get saved. You know you have a body? Yep. And your body will be saved. So this is the whole process of salvation. See, we've, we've gone, salvation is just pray a prayer, invite Jesus in, and now I'm saved. Well, there's a part truth to that. Okay? But salvation is a process as well as an event. And it goes like this. Spirit, at the receiving of Jesus Christ, I receive his spirit into my spirit. His spirit cries, Abba, Father. Not my spirit. His spirit joins with my spirit. I now have the spirit of God living in with me, which makes me righteous. I am right before God. Hallelujah. That does not mean that my mind, my will, and my emotions have come into the alignment to his truth then. To the measure of revelation I get when that happens, it may be to a measure, but the whole process of life is perfecting that out, isn't it? So my spirit is saved, but my mind can still be unredeemed. So I still think like I used to think. I still had negative thought patterns. I still, my mind is my battlefield. I still struggle with thoughts of, of whatever, insecurity, jealousy, lust, uh, not having enough. I'm, I can be a slave even though I'm saved by grace. And my will, I'm still trying to live for me. It's about me. It's about me. No, it's about God. No, it's about me. And I never can overcome that flesh. See, overcome the flesh. Okay, so my soul, which is my mind and my will and my emotions, they actually need to get saved too. And that's the journey of life now because he's going to give me a brand new body so my body will be saved. God takes care of one and he takes care of three supernaturally. Then he goes, now in the middle, you're going to partner with me through supernatural work, my work. You're the vessel that's going to get built. But you don't build, you surrender to being built. And I'm going to come and I'm going to renew your mind. You can't renew your mind through reading my word. You need me to renew your mind through eating my word. So you can fill your head with information, but I guarantee you won't think like me. You'll probably think like those people that were called Pharisees. And you'll be a self-righteous bigot. And you'll lord truth over people and you'll point fingers your whole life. He hated that, man. It's called hypocrisy, and he hated it with a passion. So he says, I want to renew your mind through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then I'm going to come, and I'm going to take your will, and I'm going to crush it. But I'm going to crush it with love. I'm going to come, and I'm going to crush it with my love. See, if you know my love, your will will be crushed. And then I'm going to define your emotions because your mind is going to be renewed and you'll see and know and hear like me. So you'll no more be emotionally led when things go bad or good. You'll be led by me, truth. Why? Because you're in my way. I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And whoever is in the way, the truth and the life, they are in the life of Christ. Because if you're in the building way, then you're going to be in the truth. And if you are in the truth, the natural outcome of that is life. But you've got to come to me. But I did in 1997. No, you've got to come and sit and stay your whole life. Right here. 
Because there are many, many, many things I want to show you, Greg, that you are yet to know. And those things are going to define you. He says, come to me as a living stone. Man, come to me as a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. So that's Christ, okay? He was rejected by a portion of mankind. Have you come to him, though? Don't reject them. You may have come to him, but you can still reject them. Don't reject them. Don't reject his way because we're afraid of what the unknown looks like. Surrender. Let him dazzle you. And it says here, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Are you being built? Are you able to give testimony to the building work? I can give testimony to not having a leaking roof. It's fixed. Thank you, brother. No longer the bucket needs to sit where it used to sit. I can give a testimony. Can you give a testimony? Can you give a testimony? And are you giving testimonies of love, joy, power, health, freedom, rest? Why? Because we're a living stone being built as a spiritual house, a home for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Who are the sacrifices? <laughs> Do you offer up yourself, which is the act of worship? It ain't this. I exhort thee. Great. Get on the altar. No. Yes, I exhort. Great. Get on the altar. You are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Get on the altar. Let him go to work. Let him build you. Why? Because he's building a spiritual house. But if we're not in the process, we can be outside of it. We can just be the flat, not the home. Sam's message, you can just be a flatmate, not a resident. And so you look and you, you literally are outside of it. He said, enter into. There's an entering into something. But it's for all. So then he goes on. Sacrifice is acceptable to Jesus Christ. Come down to verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. What for? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received. What for the point of proclaiming excellencies? What are the excellencies he's talking about? The Father, who we are in the Father, the Father's ways, the Father's plans, 
His purposes for you and I as the church, we become a voice piece for the reality. Why? Because we're being built. We know the things that eyes can't see. We know the things that ears don't hear. We have entered into our hearts the things that all that God has prepared. Why? Because we're being built. So to not know those things means we're not being built. And I know it's a hard word to hear, but it's a word that will set you free. And you need to hear it if you want to be people that proclaim the excellencies of God. We've said this, oh, we cannot know. It's rubbish, you can know. We lie to justify our lack. And it keeps us in lack. And God says, I'm not a God of lack, I'm a God of abundance. And I build people of abundance. And my people will know the things They will know. You can know the mysteries of God. That's why he gives them to us. They don't stay mysteries for the sake of mysteries. He's like, oh, watch this one. Let's keep them confused. Paul said, I've been given the grace to know the mysteries, to proclaim the mysteries of heaven, that the church would enter into the mysteries of heaven and proclaim the mysteries of heaven. We're to be full, abundant, resourceful people, not in lack. Now, once again, hear my heart. It's a process. I came in smashed in 97. No good to anyone but him. Absolutely in a trillion pieces. But year by year, month by month, day by day, my father has put me back together. Not the old life, a brand new life. With the substance, why? Because I know, and I say this with all humility, I'm in the building process. And I say that to encourage you to be in the building process. Because if you want the life that's written, get in the building process. But the door is surrender. That's why we struggle, because you can't bring you through the door. You've got to stay outside the door. And that doesn't mean you lose your personality. That doesn't mean you lose who you are. You just lose who you're not. And you find who you really are. Chosen as a royal priesthood. Chosen by the hand of God. Hands selected before you were ever born. To be the representation of God in 2017. Man, to be ambassadors. And we don't live like the world. We love when we're hated. When we're persecuted, we love. When we're spoken against, we cover. We suck it up. Please hear me. You've got to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying, you know, I could go into a whole lot of stuff in relation to that and abusive relationships. I'm not saying that stuff. I'm saying that as the church, we have a capacity within us to love on what's not lovable and be the demonstration like our Lord Jesus was because I build my ecclesia and my ecclesia look like me. And there is time and there is process, but over time, and process, just like my beautiful daughter is picking the guitar, and she started by doing this, ching, that was more me, <laughs> ching, now she, ting, 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 ting. can you do that, dad? 
Could you do that, Dad? Look. <laughs> but she can do it. I can't. Why? Because I haven't entered into that guitar process. The behavior is alignment to the practice of righteousness. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word that's coming forth from our mouths here. I thank you for each person that is proclaiming the same thing, but just in a different way. I thank you that you've given us rich giftings here because they are your giftings to build. We have everything we need to see this established. So, Father, I just pray that we would just surrender to what already is happening and will continue to happen. And I pray, God, that you would open up our eyes so we can see by faith, by the ability to see as we seek you, the life that we see, the power from what we see, enables us to enter in and just leave our old behind and receive the new. I thank you that you're building thank you that your heart is to build a strong, vibrant, loving, powerful, resourceful, free people. And may we do this and walk this out together. In Jesus' name, amen.